We all know that life brings its wide array of challenges. So how can you cultivate joy when life just plain sucks? (laughs) Let's talk about it on the podcast today. Welcome to the Love in Progress podcast, where we deep dive into self-reflection and healing as a catalyst for better relationships and leadership. I am your host and educator, Nina, and I'm here to be a guide to you in that process. Let's get started. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There are days when life just bowls you over, when life has just piled on you, it seems like, and it's super, super tough. (laughs) And first off, if you are in that experience right now, I just want to send my love and compassion to you because I have been at that place many a times over my almost 39 years of life, and it's really lonely and hard. And I'm just sorry. I know that there's a big part of me that wants to say, I wish I could just take it away from you, but there's a bigger part of me that says, this is the refiner's fire. This is when you can emerge out stronger, shinier, more resilient, and more powerful than you ever have been. I know that this is a turning point for your life's progression. It doesn't make it less hard sometimes, but that belief knowing that you will come out of it, hopefully, in a better place is a hope that I hope you can hold on to. Because if you don't have hope, you don't have anything. So I just, I want to send my compassion out if you're in it right now, or if you have gone through it, or you anticipate that you may go through it in your life. I think it's something that we can, with a hopeful eye, know that it is coming and that we can be resilient to it. Whether that's chronic illness, you know, grief. I talk a lot, I talked just a lot about that in the last couple of episodes, Uh, job loss, financial strain, less than ideal living situations, relationship challenges. I mean, they come in all shapes and sizes and it just is tough. So what do you do? What do you do when life is feeling overwhelming, hard, challenge after challenge is showing up for you and you know you have the potential to feel joy in your life, but you just don't ha- you don't know how to make it. I want to help. And I'm going to do it through three specific ways, a responsive approach, what to do when you're just in the thick of it and so overwhelmed, to a proactive approach, what to do when you're feeling like, okay, I think I'm ready to take a step to clear this muck out of my life. And then three, a preventative approach, knowing that life is going to throw you some curveballs. How can you anticipate that and build in systems of self-care that are going to help you to not get run over in life, but to feel triumphant and empowered and ready to tackle whatever life throws at you. Let's do it. (laughs) So let's talk about a responsive approach. So when you're overwhelmed, this is not the time to start doing a bunch of things to cover up the feelings. In fact, when I'm crying or my children are crying, or my partner is crying, I realize we've hit an emotional threshold. This is a point to stop. This isn't a point to reason. This isn't a a time to plan or make any life decisions. This is the time to literally do beat. If you're familiar with that from a previous podcast, or you've been on any of my uh, webinar trainings, BEAT is a acronym for breathe, eliminate mind chatter, activate safety, and talk. 
And I love this because when I'm feeling overwhelmed, beat is my very simple and doable approach to taking back my moment because you really should not succumb to what anxiety is trying to do to you, which is to pull you out of the present, whether that's back to the past or thinking into the future. So pulling yourself into the present is such a powerful way to respond when you're feeling overwhelmed around life's challenges. So just to quickly break it down, you can go listen back to the other podcast. Um, You're going to literally stop, drop to the ground and breathe. Just a few box breaths will do the trick. Um, I like to set a timer for five minutes just to dilute the anxious feelings, to get my heart rate lowered, to increase my blood pressure and the, the prefrontal cortex functioning, my brain functioning. Stop, drop, breathe. Do that as long as you need to do it. Then you need to eliminate the mind chatter. This means whatever cycles of thought that are running, that are keeping you in this really anxious, overwhelmed space, like I have so much to do, I'm dealing with this chronic pain, this relationship is awful, you're just going to silence it for just a moment. Just say, it's okay. We're going to stop thinking about that for just a moment. And until your mind goes quiet, you keep breathing. And then this is a key step. You're going to activate safety. It's okay to feel this way. It's all right for me to be overwhelmed right now. I'm still safe. I'm in no physical danger. I know I'm going to be able to handle this, and I'm right here to support myself through that process. Really, really important in your self-validating and your self-parenting. And then you can go into the talk sequence. For me, it's a lot of self-talk. Nina, I know this sucks right now. This is really tough. And I'm here and it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. So it's a lot of that self-validation. If I feel like I need to, (laughs) this has never happened. Uh, If I need to get out some emotions of anger or frustration, I will write it down. That's the time for me to talk to my notebook. I don't like saying those words out loud, but sometimes there have been such an anger response that I feel like I need to shout. You can do that too. Go outside for a walk and shout at the ground, shout into a pillow. Just don't shout at another human, okay? And, or if I'm really feeling like I need to address something in a relationship or feel like I could use the support of a therapist or a partner of a good friend, then I will talk to them to get that support. So that's beat. Simple, easy, you can do it. I promise you it will help when you're in the throes of a really overwhelming moment. And can I just say that part of self-care is realizing your physical signs of overwhelm, okay? Maybe for you, it's a numbing out, refusing to talk to people or engage emotionally with them around you. Uh, Maybe you're moving towards substances and abusing them. doesn't have to be typically abused substances. It could literally be any sort of food. It could be your phone that you're abusing. When you're doing that, that is a sign and a signal that you have hit overwhelm. Other things are looking for pornography or things that are typically what you would consider outside of your moral decision-making or seeking some external validation or dopamine kick from something that's not with you, another physical being. Another thing that might be a signal and a sign for you is stonewalling, meaning if somebody's like, hey, are you all right? Do you want to talk about it? And you're like, no, 
not now, not here, not ever. <laughs> Those kinds of things, figuratively putting up walls, stonewalling the people in your life that love you, that want to make a connection with an emotional wall. So that's part of your job, my friend, is to notice, hey, I'm here. I'm at that overwhelm. So once we have responded in, in an emergent type response in that overwhelming situation when it's really, really, really hard, and we've essentially slowed the momentum, at least temporarily, of the overwhelm around how life is being a challenge right now, it's really important what we do next. And sometimes the best thing that you can do is go to sleep. <laughs> I remember when we were getting married uh, almost 17 years ago, I had a woman tell me, you know, have you ever heard that old adage that never go to bed angry? And I said, yeah, I've definitely heard that. She said, that's a lie. Don't do that. Instead, if you're really angry at your spouse, that's the perfect time to go to sleep <laughs> because likely you'll have a new perspective in the morning. And I remember that piece of advice and have implemented it many times over my marriage, but it's also actually pretty psychologically sound. Did you know that when you sleep, your active thoughts, specifically ones around worry, discouragement, disappointment, anger, they slow. The thought sequences that are spinning essentially in the mind take a significant delay when you're sleeping. So if you're feeling so overwhelmed, that you just cannot eliminate that mind chatter, I would encourage you to take a nap <laughs> or go to bed early because when you sleep, you slow the momentum of those thoughts. Now, here's the trick and, and how we're going to transition into proactive approach. When you wake up, you cannot drop right back into those thoughts, my friend. You've got to take a new vantage point to that problem. And sometimes the new vantage point is not thinking about that problem until you can get some positive momentum around something else that doesn't aggravate you emotionally like this situation does. Now, I know that's hard to say, especially when you're dealing with physical ailments and challenges, uh, chronic pain, all of that. It's hard to get it off your mind. I know it is. I want to tell you that I've walked in your shoes before with that. And it's just, it's just tough. It is. But when you get up, what is it that you can focus on that doesn't feel overwhelming, hard, discouraging, worrisome, or anger inducing? Focus on that. Remember, we just need 16 seconds of thinking about something before another thought will join it. So if we can start the train, essentially, trucking along, thinking good thoughts, chances are when we reapproach that challenging situation that we're dealing with right now, that we can have a more open and hopeful point of view because we're already on that train. We've already built momentum in that area. One of the key things that I have really found that helps so much um, when I'm trying to be intentional about managing my momentum after I wake up, whether that's in the morning or after a nap, is to stay off of screens. Put it far away from you, not just because of the EMFs, <laughs> but also because comparison ooh, or looking at somebody else's highlight reel on social media is the quickest way to demonize what we're experiencing, our own personal abilities. And so get off of 
get off those screens. Don't pop into your email looking for, again, other influences in your mind and in your thought processes. I would even encourage you when you first wake up to have some sort of system in place so that you're not immediately going to help someone else like a child or a spouse, like give yourself at least five to 10 minutes of a beat to take care of yourself. This is really the whole premise of Miracle Morning. And if you haven't read that book, I would really encourage you to read it. I'll drop it in the show notes for you, but it talks about a sequence called SAVERS and it's an acronym for SILENCE affirmations, visualizations, exercise, reading, and scribing. All of those things are a really great way to start new momentum in a positive direction after you've been sleeping so that you just don't get back to focusing on the things that suck in your life. (laughs) And you don't have to do them all. You don't have to even do them in that order. But I do think that the silence and the affirmations, talking well of yourself, When you're visualizing, you can literally imagine this problem being solved and spend time ruminating with that thought. Ooh, think about the positive momentum that would generate for you. Exercise, of course, is a great way to help your physiological responses, even if you're just sitting in bed and and doing some fake jumping jacks, you know, just crossing your arms and bending over, stretching, just do anything. Even if you're in that chronic pain, something simple that can activate your physiological response. Reading is a great thing. I try to do something that's uplifting in the morning, gets me feeling hopeful. (laughs) And then scribing again, what can we spend our time creating positive momentum with? That's what you want to start writing about. Not how much things are challenging and hard, but instead, what is it? What's the one thing that you can focus on that's going to help bring good feelings. (laughs) Write about that. I guarantee you, you've got at least one thing in your life that you can really hone in on. And that really easily brings me to what I would call the preventative approach so that you don't get in this state of overwhelm when life is just super challenging for you. Honestly, I know life is going to challenge you. That's kind of the whole point of it. And I know that it doesn't have to get worse and worse and worse the older you get. But in fact, your resilience can increase as you go through these challenging experiences and and cultivate in the times that it's good, the resilience to show up when it's not. So here are my top tips for a preventative approach outside of what I already shared with being intentional about the momentum when you wake up in the morning. That's a big, big one. But how can you talk less about how life sucks? (laughs) Because I will tell you, there's nothing worse uh, for my state of mind than continuing to talk about how hard things are. Because then I start to, again, build the momentum around what's challenging, what's hard. I start to pull in other things and it just becomes this big ball of negativity. And while I do think there is a time and a place to talk to people, I'm not saying you should shove all of your challenges under a rug. I think you should do it at the beat sequence first. (laughs) Get the momentum differently so that you can have a clear head about it and that you're not just seeking a conversation that is going to solidify drama in your life or be interesting to people in a negative way. 
because I truly believe how you speak about your life is exactly what you will reflect back to your life. So how can you talk less about what sucks <laughs> and find another way to approach what's going on? Man, I'm, I'm feeling some strain and stress right now around these certain areas, and it is giving me so much clarity around what I want instead. And I would love for you as a friend to hold space for me around that clarity. Those are the kinds of conversations you want to be having so that you're not perpetuating the momentum of that negative experience. Again, I'm not saying that opening up to someone or venting or even taking it to a therapist is a bad idea. I just want you to pay attention to the spirit with which you're approaching it. Because if you're doing it to seek emotional validation, to perpetuate this belief that when someone knows how hard it is for you, you can be justified in having a hard experience in your life. I just, I know when you chase emotional validation from other people, it's, it's a game you're always going to lose. You're always going to be seeking it more and more and you'll get hungry for it. And you won't understand how to self-regulate because you'll be seeking somebody else's response to help you do so. So how can you find an opportunity to incorporate support from others without perpetuating the momentum of the negative experience you're having? And maybe this is a down the road thing, okay? <laughs> Just put that in your radar, all right? Along with that, one practice I love to do is called rampaging, and it is just focusing on what I love about this moment. I love that my voice is clear right now. I love that I'm standing here and feeling my feet firmly in the ground. I love the warmth of the lights in this room. I love how the texture of my clothes is feeling on my body right now. I love feeling my lungs breathing so expansively and evenly. I love feeling my heart beating in my chest. I love being able to smell the smell of the wood around me. I love how warm my skin is feeling. Do you understand? This is a rampage about what I love about this moment. You can get a little bit more theoretical and less physical by saying, I love how confident I can be in a better future. I love that my children adore me and listen to me. <laughs> These are even hard for me to say <laughs> because <laughs> not always the truth, but you get what I'm saying. You want to focus and rampage about what you love in this moment. I love that I'm in you know, if you're bedridden and dealing with a health challenge, I love that I get to be in my wonderfully warm and comfortable bed. I love that I have people all around me serving me and blessing me and helping me and supporting me. I love that today I was able to eat this kind of food and it tasted delicious. I am grateful that I was able to take a nap and I feel rested. So you find whatever you can to hold on to and feed it. Feed it with love and attention. And I guarantee you, you will get more opportunities to find things to thank. That's the power of gratitude. It's one of the most impactful vibrations and practices you can utilize, especially when times are tough. But I would encourage you to do it even when they're not, so that it becomes easier when the going gets tough. 
Other things you can do to really shift that vibration outside of gratitude is what we call focus wheel, something that Abraham Hicks teaches, and I love it. Um, and it's essentially looking at a solution intensely and, and focusing on cooperative components, people, practices, uh, books you can read, advice you can take that will help you in solving that problem so that you feel supported and encouraged in the solving of that problem. So I hope that talking you through a few of these elements of what you can do to cultivate joy when life sucks really gives you an idea of some things to do. Here's, here's my call to action. Take one tip, just one single thing you heard today to help you cultivate more joy in your life and try it out. See how it goes and then share how it goes with a friend <laughs> or better yet, share it with me. Uh, love in progress podcast at gmail.com. I want to hear how this is going for you. And again, I just want to send you love. There's no easy way to tell you that life is going to bring up challenges just is. It's something that you can't anticipate, but you can also anticipate a skill set building to help you be more resilient through it because every day does not have to suck for you, my friend. You can cultivate that joy. You can find it. You can be responsive to yourself, self-validating, self-parenting, and move through it in a proactive and preventative way. I know it. It's a big part of your self-care. So let's go care for ourselves, shall we? <laughs> I'm rooting you on. I want you to live well. I really do. And to feel well in so many ways. I'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks, friend, for tuning in today and investing in your own growth. I'm proud of you. Now, remember, personal development can be inspiring and uplifting to listen to, but won't change your life until you put the learning into practice. That's where my mentorship and coursework comes in. If you're looking for accountability and real results in your life right now, then I'm here to help. Head to my website, allthingsnina.com, and explore options that will best fit you, whether that's self-guided through prompts and coursework or with my assistance through personalized wellness mentorship. Remember, your best well life awaits. You just have to build it. Let's do it together. I'm rooting for you.